Well, sometimes truth comes from really interesting places. And one of the things that I've found most truthful that I read recently, it said, it said this, pressure, pushing down on me, pressing down on you, no man asked for. Under pressure that burns a building down, splits a family in two, puts people on streets. And then here's the real genius of this. Umbabe, umbababe, de de da, e de da, that's okay. It's the terror of knowing what the world is about, watching some good friends screaming, let's all this say this together, let me out, pray tomorrow gets me higher, pressure on people, people on streets. This is ourselves, under pressure. Beautiful. We're spending a few weeks talking about the things that I believe in life are easy to say and at difficult times in life are easy to say, but they're difficult to live out. They're difficult to personally believe or personally embrace. And so we're talking about these things because while it's easy to say them, they're not always true. And while it's easy to say them, there sometimes are things that are better to say and will lead us to some better things. Because as we said last week, our words build our thoughts, our thoughts build our actions, our actions build our habits, and our habits ultimately will build the life that we live. And especially in a moment like right now, it's important to pay attention to our words because the way we talk about life right now will build the world that we'll experience tomorrow, will build the life that we'll experience tomorrow. And the way we talk about today ultimately builds all of our tomorrows. So here's something that I know I've said over the last couple weeks and something that I've heard from many people over the last couple weeks, seen on Facebook, seen on Instagram over the last couple weeks. It's the simple phrase, I don't like feeling like there's so much pressure. There's a couple variations of this that we've all said. It feels like there's a lot of pressure right now. I'm under too much pressure. I wish there wasn't so much pressure. The reality of life is that anytime life changes around us, whether it's by our choice or whether it's by circumstances beyond our control, anytime life changes around us, we feel it as pressure. We feel it as pressure. Something changed, someone changed, something changed, something around us changed. And until we can find our balance, we feel off kilter, we feel off balance, we feel out of control, and we feel it as pressure. And this feeling of pressure, it may be something that when it relates to quarantine life, you may not have actually thought about in a while because we've all kind of found our new normal and we've found our new balancing point, but it's something that you felt at some point along the way. When all the schools shut down and teachers had to adapt curriculum and lesson plans and figure out how to teach online in about two weeks, it's pressure. When schools got shut down and parents became homeschool teachers in a week, pressure. When colleges got shut down and some of you college students had to make big choices about, well, do we stay here and hope that this is a short-term thing or do we actually give up our apartments and give up jobs and move home to, to you know, live out the duration of this thing? Maybe it was that your job asked you to work from home and you had to adapt from that. Pressure. Maybe it's that your job asks you to work from home and you're working from home while watching your kids and homeschooling your kids and you're just feeling like pressure, 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 pressure. Um, as, as, a, as a pastor, let me just say, we went from having services like in person and in a school and thinking, you know what, we should probably have a little bit of extra hand sanitizer around to being online exclusively in 10 days. I mean, massive change in how we structure ourselves, how we program, how we do our services, how we interact with people, all, basically all all small groups move from meeting in person to meeting by Zoom or FaceTime. I mean, it's huge change. And as, and as, a, as a pastor, I, I, I kind of feel this thing where like, you know, it's this big, massive thing. And I felt like, you know what, I've got to figure out how to help people process this. But 
I don't know that I'm processing this all that well. I don't know how to, how to help other people when I'm, not, when I'm still working to figure this out myself. We all felt pressure when it came to the quarantine, when it came to the massive shift in life that happened and around us. And like I said, some of us right now, we may not be, feel that as pressure because we've all adapted to it and we've all sh shifted to some new ways of normal and we've found our balance. But what I know and you know is that in a few weeks when we start to get back to some of the way that things used to work and some of the schedules that we used to have and your jobs being back to work and, and you know, school still going, as, as you move back to that, you're going to have another adjustment coming. You're going to have another shift in, in, in the way you do things. And it's going to feel like pressure. It's going to feel like big time pressure. When, you're, when you go back to work, but your kids still aren't in school and you have to figure out what, to, what happens with them, it's pressure. If you're, if you're a business owner and, you, and your business is able to open, but now you have all these extra social distancing things that you have to put in place and sanitation things that you have to put in place, your business that was once run by you and figured out by you, you will have to adapt to some big new ways of doing things that you never thought of before. And whether or not you face added pressure because of the quarantine or not, at some point along the way, every single one of us have felt pressure and we didn't particularly like it. Because every time life changes, pressure comes. Whether it was a choice you made, or something that you hoped for, something that you prayed for, the moment life changed, pressure came. For some of you who are college students, you, you've, you've felt this way. You, you hoped to get into college. Some of you, you worked hard to get into college. Others of you, you didn't work hard at all to get into college. But you got into college and you moved to a new city and you started at NMSU or you started somewhere else and you started and it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful until classes started. And for the first time in your life, you realized, oh my gosh, I actually have to work to get a passing grade. Some of you, you never put in work at all in middle school or high school and you got straight A's and all of a sudden you found, your, found yourself under a brand new pressure of having to work hard just to pass. It was a pressure. For some of you who are married, you remember what it was like to go to walk down the aisle and to be all dressed up and seeing they looked so beautiful and he looked so wonderful and you took all the pictures and you had the celebration and then you went on the honeymoon and it was wonderful, 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 wonderful until the moment that you got home and you lived together with that person that you had just married. And all of a sudden, all of their annoying habits came out and all of their grubby habits and their disgusting habits and the fact that they left shaving hair in the sink and that they you know, basically shed every time they get in the shower. It was all present and they never left and you never got to leave. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I've got to live with this person that I married. You forgot that you were going to actually have to live together once you got married. And it was new pressure. For some of you, when you had a kid for the first time, those of you who are parents, when you had a kid, I mean, you had prayed for a kid you would hope for a kid, you went to the hospital, and as difficult as the labor was, as painful as the labor was, you were so excited about the birth of your brand new baby. I mean, I remember bringing home Noble for the first time. It was like, oh my gosh, this is the best day of my life. But what I know, and what those of you who have brought home children know, it's the most wonderful day of your life, but it was also the most pressure that I have ever felt in my entire life. Happy Mother's Day, right? I mean, like, it's this wonderful day where it's like something that we chose and something that happened and is amazing. And we have this new life in front of us. And oh my gosh, we have this new life in front of us and we're responsible for it. And what if it falls off the couch? And what if she did fall off the couch? How quickly do we get her to the emergency room? Are we supposed to take her to the emergency room? How high does a baby have to fall from before you need to take her to the emergency I mean, not that these are any of my personal stories, but this, it's, it's the pressure. And it was the most pressure that I had ever felt in my entire life until we brought our second one home. And now we're responsible for two lives. 
It's a, it's, it's a pressure. For those of you, um, if you've ever moved to a new city, if you've ever moved to a new city and felt the pressure of, okay, where I used to live, I had friends and I had a social network and I had people from work that I would hang out with and that I like to go out with and that I like to spend, spend time with. You moved to a new city and all of that was gone. And you're faced with the new pressure of building that all over again from scratch, building influence with people, having relationships with people. It all, it all came so easily where you were from and now because of a promotion or because of whatever, you move to a new city and all of that has to start over again from scratch. It's pressure. And so today, my hope is that I can provide a new lens or a new paradigm in relation to your pressure. And here's the first part. Here's a truth that I think is worth remembering. With privilege comes pressure. With privilege comes pressure. Let me try to explain this simply. It's a privilege to be married. It's a privilege to have kids. It's a privilege to move to a new town for a new, promo- for a new promotion. It's a privilege to start college. Not everyone gets to go to college. It's a privilege to, to start college. It's a privilege to pastor. It's a privilege to pastor a church. It's a privilege to have a job that you can work while, most, while a lot of people are, have been laid off. It's a privilege to start a company. And with that privilege, those things that we sometimes feel as pressure, they're, they're all because we have some privileges in our lives. And with those privileges come pressure. Pressure isn't always a problem. Sometimes pressure is the natural result that's a part of the blessing of God. Sometimes pressure is something that comes along with something that you've actually been praying about for a long time. If you've ever struggled with infertility and you prayed that you would someday be able to get pregnant and that you prayed that you'd someday be able to have a child, or you were single and you prayed that you would someday be able to get married and you were single for a long stretch of time, the pressure that you now feel It's a result of God answering the things that you were praying for. Pressure is not always a problem. Sometimes pressure is just part of life that comes with the blessing and the answered prayers from God. Privilege leads to pressure. And so here's the first action step that I would love to encourage us today. Thank God for the privilege. Thank God for the privilege and then figure out how to deal with the pressure. You thank God for the privilege, you figure out how to deal with the pressure. Let me say that again, just in case you're you're taking notes or in case you're a little bit slow to catch on. You thank God for the privilege. God, thank you for the marriage. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my children. Thank you for the technology that allows us to teach in this time while, while it's difficult and while it's crazy and while it's changed, it still allows us to connect during this time. Thank you for all of that. And God, for the pressure that comes with it, Let's figure out how to deal with that. Thank you for the privilege. Let's deal with the pressure. Thank you for the privilege. Let's deal with the pressure. And so here's the thing. Pressure seems to be an inescapable part of life, something that never completely goes away. And so the question then becomes, well, why do we fight pressure? Why does pressure seem so negative? Why does pressure seem like such a bad thing? And here's why we don't like pressure. We don't like what comes out of us when we're under pressure. I don't like what comes out of me when I'm under pressure. You don't like what comes out of you under pressure. We don't like that we get angry when we feel pressure. We don't like that our mind gets filled with anxiety when we're under pressure. We don't like that we get angry and we start yelling at other people. We don't like that we feel like we lose peace and our entire body becomes full of anxiety and very anxious and very very nervous about life under stress. We don't like the way our body tightens up and feels stressed. We don't like what we start to feel insecure and we wonder if we have what it takes under pressure. So we fight against pressure because we don't like what it brings out of us. But here's what's interesting. All of that stuff that comes out of us under pressure, do you want to know why it comes out of us? 
It comes out of us because it was in us. I'm going to go back and say that again for those of us who aren't so quick on the uptake. It comes out of us because it was in us. Anger comes out because anger was in there. Anxiety comes out because anxiety was in there. Insecurity comes out, you might have guessed it by now, because insecurity was in there. It, got, it, it spilled out because, because the pressure came and life got bumpy and it got spilled out because it was in there. It didn't come out because pressure put it in there. It came out because pressure bumped you. And when you got bumped, you spilled out what was already in your life. And when I got bumped by the pressure that came on me, I spilled out what was already a part of my life. It spills out because it was in there. See, what I want to help us understand today is this. We don't like pressure because it reveals things in us that we don't like the fact that it's in us. But what if God actually has a purpose for the pressure? What if God uses pressure to reveal the things that are in us that still need changing, that still need transforming, that still need some work? What if God uses pressure to expose the things that are still need changing in us? And what if we're not supposed to fight the pressure, but we're actually supposed to see what the pressure makes visible and then lean into God's power to make us better? See, here's the driving force today. Here's the big point. And then we're going to talk about for the next couple minutes how we actually do this. Sometimes God uses pressure around you to produce something better in you. Sometimes God will use pressure around you and around me to produce something better in you and in me. And to help us understand this, we're going to go to a passage that many of us have heard, many of us might be familiar with, but in the context of being under pressure, maybe, just maybe, we hear it a little bit differently. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul wrote this, starting in verse 5, he said, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And then he said, But we, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God. Would you say, From God? It's from God and not from us. It's from God, it's not from us. And let me just pause here to point out something. Sometimes we feel pressure because we're full of pride. Sometimes we feel pressure because we're full of pride. This is not the way we typically think of pride, where it's, where it's really arrogant and we think that we're you know, really amazing. It's not that type of pride. This is self-centeredness that causes pressure. This is what I would call the perfectionist version of pride. See, some of you, you feel pressure because you feel like all of life depends on you. You're too big in your own mind. You're too big in your own eyes. You have too much impact on your life, in other words. You believe that you ultimately control everything about your life and that you have to control everything about your life. Otherwise, everything will all fall apart. So you have to have all the answers or life moves in a million different directions and falls apart. You have to say the right thing or relationships will fall apart. You have to be perfect on that first date or you'll end up lonely forever. See, Paul, writing from a Roman prison, he says this. He says, look, I've come to understand life not about me and it's not about you. It's all about God. And so let me try to free you today in the way that Paul was trying to free people up. Your actions matter. 
But you reaching your potential, you finding companionship that will last forever, you finding community that actually builds you up and doesn't tear you down, you being the person that you were meant to be, your actions matter. But at the end of the day, the thing that matters most is not you and your actions. The thing that matters most is you taking your actions and leaning them into and trusting wholeheartedly the God who knows what's best for you. The, the, the leaning into the purposes that God has for you, leaning into the purposes that God has for everyone, leaning into whatever God has for you. It's giving God permission to say, God, like, look, I, I, I think I have a good grip on life, but God, at the end of the day, I want what you want for me more than I want what I want for me. I want your purposes. I want your ways. I want your will. So have your way. I don't want my way. So for some of you who the reason you're feeling pressure because you're currently full of pride and you think the world revolves around you, It's time to put yourself out of center place in the world and to put God in center place in your world, in the world. That's the only way life makes sense. Let me go on. In verse 8, it says this. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, there's a lot of things in life that are incredibly valuable, that are incredibly strong, some things that you may pay a lot of money for, some things that you pay extra for, that only come about because of pressure. Think about olive oil. Think about your life. Some of you, you pay extra for extra, extra virgin olive oil because Rachel Ray told you that it was better for you, better for cooking. That only becomes through olives that are pressed but not crushed. They're pressured, but they're not crushed. Wine, or you know, because we're in Assemblies of God Church, grape juice, uh, wine comes from grapes, that are pressed. And some of you, you pay a lot for a good, for a good bottle of wine. We'll talk later. Um, diamonds are formed when carbon comes under intense heat and pressure of volcanic activity. Some of you, you're engaged or you got married because someone put an impressive diamond in front of you. It was pressed and it was pressured and it formed something of incredible value and strength. Kevlar is formed by plastic molecules being pressed until it forms into incredibly strong fibers. And if that's good enough for Batman, it's good enough for me. A pressure cooker like an Instant Pot, and I know it's Mother's Day and I shouldn't point this out, but it does have the letters NT in the middle of Instant Pot. It's an Instant Pot. It's not an Instapot. Sorry, moms. It's an Instant Pot. It takes frozen chicken, and in like 15 minutes, you go from frozen chicken to incredibly tender, deliciously cooked chicken. There are some things in life that only come about, the good things in life only come about through pressure, through the use of pressure. And so if I could say one thing about this verse, and I'm I'm sure this is terrible exegesis, this is terrible translation of scripture, but one of the things that I look at when I see this is simply this, that pressure is a compliment from God. Pressure means God sees potential in you. When I feel under pressure, it might just be a compliment from God saying, I think there's something incredible in you, but I know that you're not done yet. I think there's something incredible in you. I think there's something incredible that can be brought out of you. But in order for it to be brought out of you, I have to do some work on you. And the work that God wants to do on you and the work that sometimes God wants to do on me is going to feel a lot like pressure. But if we stop fighting the pressure, if we embrace the pressure, if we allow God to do what God wants to do in our minds, we'll come out on the other side stronger, better, more resilient, more focused, more up for whatever challenge comes our way. And to echo what Paul said here, he said, look, if you were willing to go through a time in life where you can be pressed on every side, but not crushed, you can come out knowing that God is your strength 
and your shield. And that's an incredibly valuable piece of information. If you realize that you can face persecution, but know that you were never abandoned by God, you can come out with the type of faith that knows that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you've been struck down but not destroyed, you understand the truth that God doesn't allow his people to be broken beyond his ability, ability to repair or to raise up. And here's the thing. Those aren't lessons that you'd naturally learn. Those are lessons that only come under pressure. And if you're under that kind of pressure, I would be willing to bet this. It means that God sees something in you and he's forming you to be ready for whatever comes next. T.D. Jakes said it this way, and I think this quote is so beautiful. He said, I've never seen someone with great anointing who hadn't gone through a season of intense crushing. I've never seen someone with great anointing who hadn't gone through a season of intense crushing. So here's our action step. Thank God for the compliment. When you feel pressure and when I feel pressure, I'm starting to learn this and starting to embrace this in my own life. When I feel pressure and when you feel pressure, thank God for the compliment. Thank God that he sees potential in you. Thank you that he sees enough potential in you that he's willing to press you. Thank God for the compliment and give him permission to keep on pressing. Now, passage goes on in verse 10, it says this, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And then he finishes off in verse 16, he says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, here's, here's how we start to embrace this. Here's how we, how we start to live this out. Here's how we respond to pressure in a way that lets God do what God wants to do. We focus on what God's doing in you, not what's happening around you. See, Paul said, outwardly, we're wasting away. But God is doing something inwardly. And to understand the weight of what Paul said there, we have to understand that Paul said this as being someone who had literally seen life as he knew it, as he knew it before he came to Jesus. Life as he knew it had wasted away. Everything happening around him had changed. Everything happening around him had become incredibly different. He went from being a guy, at one point he had his sight taken away by God. He had gone from being a guy who had a prestigious religious career, which would often lead to a life of wealth. And he had given up that and had taken on the career of being an itinerant preacher going around. And when he couldn't pay the bills, he paid the bills by being a tent maker on the side. That's what he had done. He had given up his prestigious career and, and, and had seen it all waste away. He had been at one point a guy celebrated by the religious elite whenever he entered the town. And now he's a guy who often has to come into town and leave town secretly, sometimes sneaking over the edges of the, of the town walls because people were not welcoming him and people were concerned that he was coming. Life had wasted away. He had lost his own personal freedom as his life ended for years in a Roman prison, waiting for a trial that would never come. Everything about the outward had literally been stripped away and had wasted away. And Paul, 
Because he sees what God had been up to and what God had been doing in him, Paul calls all of that, if you can believe this, light and momentary troubles. It's light and momentary troubles because, of, because now what he sees is God has been achieving something in us. God has been doing something in us that's so good that I don't even worry about all the external stuff that's been happening. And all I'm saying is this. What if you had that perspective? What if you were willing to say, God, what you're willing to do in me and what you're wanting to do in me is so valuable and so good that I'm willing to let everything else fall away. I'm not concerned with what's happening around me. I mean, I'm concerned because it affects my family, concerned because it affects my job. Like, I have a level of concern. But my ultimate concern is, God, what do you want to do in me? And if it takes a little pressure for you to do something in me, and if I have to lose some things that are outside of me for what you want to do in me, bring it on. And then he wraps up this passage in verse 18. He says this, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's what we do. We focus on what lasts, not what you lost. We focus on what lasts, not what you might lose. See, anytime you face pressure, it's so easy to focus on what you lost. Matter of fact, I was, I was talking to one of my neighbors a few, a few weeks ago, and they said, I almost had to have this little mourning session, this little funeral for what life used to be because life has changed so much. It feels like I've just lost so much. I think a lot of us, we've been in that place where life feels like we've lost a lot. And anytime pressure comes, it will feel like you are losing something. But here's what I would say. If something can be lost so easily, maybe it's something that doesn't matter ultimately. See, many of you, you have retirement accounts and you lost on your investments. But I would say this, you may have lost on your investments. You can't lose your integrity. Focus on what, what matters. Focus on what matters. Focus on what lasts. Your integrity will last. Your investments will ultimately go away. Focus on what lasts. You lost the ability to sit down in a restaurant, but chances are you've created some pretty great memories sitting down and eating with your family or cooking with your family. I mean, I can, I can imagine some of the stories that you have of trying to teach your kids how to cook a pizza and some of the burnt stories that, that some of the stories of the burnt pizzas that they will someday tell of that time during quarantine where mom tried to cook a pizza from scratch. And it'll be a memory that you'll have forever. The, the ability to sit in a restaurant, it comes and goes, it fades, it, it, it lasts, I mean, whatever. But what ultimately lasts is your relationships with your family. Some of you, you lost a small group or the ability to interact with in person at, at, at the very least. And what you've found is that you actually have started to build a faith that doesn't require other people propping your faith up in order for it to last and function in relationship to God and others. And it's a beautiful thing. So focus on what lasts, not what you lose. You focus on what lasts, not what you lose. One more piece of scripture. The brother of Jesus, James, wrote in James chapter 1, he said, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Now hold on. Okay, I know you're the brother of Jesus, buddy, but consider it joy when we experience trials. Give me some of what he's smoking, right? I mean, if, if, that's, if, if that's what it needs to get to that place, like, that's crazy. But he says, no, no, no. He says, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. And he doesn't just leave it there. He says, because. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. He echoes exactly what Paul said. This testing of your faith, it produces something. And then he says, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. 
He says, look, there's going to be things that are going to happen around you, and it's going to feel like pressure. There's going to be pressure situations around you, and pressure situations around you, and pressure situations around you. And at the end of the day, if you'll let God, God will use those pressure situations around you. Here's the final point. Don't cut short the crushing. Don't cut short the crushing. Let it have its full effect, James said. Let it have its full effect. If you wiggle out from underneath the pressure, here's what I know. You will find temporary relief. You will find temporary relief, but you will have missed out on the point of the pressure. You will have missed out on the purpose that God had in the pressure. See, I love what, um, what was written in a song by Hillsong Worship. The song is called New Wine, and here's what it said. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful hand when I trust you. I don't need to understand. So make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all that you've given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. So let's let that be our prayer. Let that be our attitude. God, if you need to press, if you need to crush to make me what you need to be, me to be, do it. And don't you stop until you're done. And I won't try to wiggle or work my way out of it. I'll simply let you do whatever you want to do. Here's one last thing. I just think this is so important for us to understand. Let's let God interpret your pressure, not the people around you. See, what I know is it's possible that the well-intentioned people around you, they'll be well-intentioned, but they may be completely wrong in interpreting the events of your life. And what I know is that God is never wrong in interpreting the events of your life. God, when God applies the pressure, God is never wrong in interpreting what the pressure is there for, what its purpose is, why it exists in the first place. And so when you feel pressure and when I feel pressure and you wonder what God is doing through the pressure, ask him and keep asking until he answers. And when he answers, take him at his word. And if you feel like he's not answering you audibly, or if he's not answering you in your mind through prayer, go to his word and reread 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and be reminded that God is always producing something in you through the pressure that he allows around you. See, God is up to something in you. God's up to something in me. And it may feel like pressure. I guarantee right now it feels like pressure, but don't run from the pressure. Lean into it. Lean into whatever God has for you. Lean into whatever God may be using around you right now and let God use the pressure around you that he's brought around us all to accomplish what God wants to ultimately do in us, for us, and ultimately to change the world through us as he makes us better, as he molds us and shapes us and forms us into the men and women that he wants us to be so that we can do what he wants us to do. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that your word has so much to say about the things that we feel right now and the things that we feel on day-to-day life all throughout our lives. Thank you for the, the, for the moments that we feel pressure. God, there's, it's addressed in your word. It's right here. God, thank you that we know that we can be pressed, but we won't be crushed. We know that we may feel a little persecuted, but we're never abandoned by you. We may be struck down, but we're not destroyed. We may have moments where we're perplexed and we feel like we don't have the answers, but we know that you do. So God, I thank you that in your word, you teach us that when we feel pressure all around us, 
we can know that it might just mean that you, you want to do something in us. So God, today, we just simply give you permission to do whatever you want to do, to do whatever you have to do, to do whatever you feel is, a, is necessary for us so that we can become the men and women that you want us to be. We give you permission, and we're not going to wiggle out from it, and we're not, not going to try to shortcut the process. We simply give you permission today, God. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the compliment. Thank you that you see potential in us. And God, we just simply give you permission to keep pressing until your work is done in us because we know there's things that you want to do through us. We love you, God. We thank you, God. And we thank you even today for the pressure. In Jesus' name, amen.